Hey guys, welcome back to the Ducks and Dogs podcast. My name is Mike here with my co-host Matt. How you doing today, Matt? I'm great. Um, I haven't slept well in three weeks because of fall <laughs> camp. I'm tired. I'm exhausted and school started, but I'm great. It's good to be back. It's to be back doing the show and stuff so glad to be here yeah so um if you guys were wondering why there were lapse in episodes basically honestly i was supposed to get a random guest and fill in for matt whenever we didn't have matt because he was in camp he's an naia football player as we've mentioned on the show previously and i actually got busy i just got a new job so i've been working on that so it's my fault but we are back on it Today, we are going to be talking about a few things, Washington recruiting, the new alliance between the conferences, and the QB battle emerging at Oregon that everybody thought was a done deal for Anthony Brown, but now it doesn't look to be quite that way. So real quick, we're going to dive into that alliance. Um, I don't think much of it. I think it's like a verbal agreement that doesn't really matter and is going to have no real impact. Do you feel any different about that, or do you think it's like actually worth anything? I think it could be worth anything from um, the new commissioner's kind of point of view, the way he's been tweeting about it. It's supposed to be a big deal. Um, I think it's still things are like set in stone. It's not going to be much though. I did hear rumors today that like, you know, more conference separation rumors that uh, the PAC 12 got Kansas state and Oklahoma state. Did you hear that today too? too. Yeah. Which I think that wouldn't be too bad, but really? What do they provide? Mediocre fan bases and a mediocre football team? Oklahoma State, good for basketball, for sure. Good for football. Kansas State would be competitive they, in football. Are they even the best options from that conference in those sports? Like, Texas Tech might be better at basketball. Baylor is better at basketball, mm-hmm. for sure. Yeah. Uh, Iowa State. I, I like best Oklahoma State. Team. Oklahoma State's pretty well-rounded. That's why I like it. They're solid. Kansas State's kind of, kind of. Uh, that's, I mean, their football teams are pretty, at least Decent. competitive. Yeah, I don't know about basketball. Are they okay? They're kind of up and down, aren't they? Mm. I have no. Or am I wrong in that? I don't know. I don't. I mean, I don't see them enough to know. So they're obviously not that good. <laughs> yeah. So but. I just wanted to get your opinion on that and see what was going on. And uh, obviously that dropped today, so we don't know all that much about that agreement or what it really entails. It's just something to try mm-hmm. and counter the Texas and Oklahoma joining the SEC. So yeah, for sure. What we're gonna do next is I'm gonna give Matt the floor, and we're going to talk about recruiting at the University of Washington, and why it does or doesn't matter depending on what Huskies you talk to. So pretty much the way that I've been hearing this news is through the past three weeks. I haven't had much free time being in fall camp, right? So I'll go on Twitter for about you know thirty minutes a day, maybe before bed, like an hour. And it pretty much trickles in as like I check my DMs and there's either a group chat blown up with me tagged a million times or Mike has sent me like five messages and I have like five plus notifications with me being tagged and stuff. And that's how I found out about the Ben Roberts decommitment, which then set ablaze this whole fiasco on Husky Twitter, where yet again, we are divided on opposite ends of a spectrum regarding recruiting are we doomed etc etc so that's how i found out pretty fun stuff um but it's just with you recruiting right now obviously we've had what 4d commits this cycle correct mm-hmm. and two of them yeah decommitting right after actually three decommitting right after a visit or offer from oregon the one who decommitted right yes. at the same time as sir mel's i forget his name and then you have ben roberts after visiting on saturday night live 
for sure. Uh, did I know Sir Bell's obviously flipped to Oregon? Did the other one flip or no? Um, I think or he do we know wants yet? to go to Oregon, but I don't believe he's a take. Okay. I think we're doing better gotcha. with guys that are higher ranked than we expected to be. Yeah, for sure. Ben Roberts, obviously, too, has been projected by a couple experts to be going to Oregon as well. The timing of it doesn't seem favorable to UW, obviously. Um, I'm not going to say Oregon's a 100% lock, but they have a pretty good shot at Ben Roberts. Like, that's, I mean, I can say that with confidence. I think it comes down to if we want him. Um, yeah, for sure. So, Other than that, where would he go? Would he commit back? Like, where, I mean, where else? If you ask Washington fans, he doesn't deserve an offer anymore. <laughs> Uh, hmm. I don't yeah, know about so that. Does but... it make it sting anymore that three of your four decommits this cycle are decommitting because of your biggest rival in Oregon? It makes it suck, but I think the bigger alarms are the fact that Washington is getting decommits in the first place. Mm-hmm. It does make it sting extra, but the bigger issue at hand here is the fact that we are losing decommits. I just, I don't know, in the Chris Peterson era, like I don't remember that many players decommitting, if any. Now, granted, I didn't follow recruiting as closely as I do now, but I mean, that just wasn't a big issue with Chris Peterson. Obviously, with the transition to Jimmy Lake, recruiting has been, you know, talked about as kind of the main issue with him, the main concern with him. And I think it just kind of boils down to like the the recruiting philosophy they have is they're not flashy. They don't get out there like they just, you know, go after their guys. They land them. And with Chris Peterson, the expectation was kind of like, you land your guys, you keep them, you don't really have to worry about them, right? And I think Jimmy Lake has kind of carried that over. But what he's finding is that recruits are leaving because, you know, it's, I don't, granted, I obviously am not on the inside. I don't know if what Jimmy Lake's telling him that's different from Chris Peterson, but it's not the same as Chris Peterson, which is obvious because they have pretty similar philosophies. It's just that now under Jimmy Lake, guys are leaving. And Jimmy Lake doesn't have the cachet to do what Chris Peterson did. Chris Peterson built that up as a head coach at Boise State and then coming to Washington and having success at Washington right when he gets there. Jimmy Lake mm-hmm. hasn't had that success. He's been there. He's lost to Oregon every year he's coached. He hasn't won the Pac-12. Like There's just, there's nothing that he has to stand on when it comes to recruiting guys directly against the other Pac-12 schools. I, I would mean, also just like to point out that Jimmy Lake hasn't even played Oregon. So that uh, is a statement you cannot make. Yet. I thought he was the no, he was a coordinator. I forget about that. Yep. So Washington is zero and two against Crystal Ball, but Lake Lake wasn't. Yes, Lake coach. hasn't even played Oregon yeah, yet yeah, as yeah, head yeah. coach. So gotcha. Okay, so Washington in itself has nothing to recruit against, like Mario Crystal Ball or, I mean, honestly, if USC's semi decent, neither Oregon or Washington is is recruiting on the level of USC, but they're still not semi decent. Yeah. So. What 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 has to change? Like I know we've been over this many a times, but it's gotten yeah. worse since the last time we've talked about it. Like- it has gotten worse, and I've kind of hinted at it. I haven't really got the chance to really dive into what I actually think about this. So here we go. Matt's putting out his own opinion for once. <laughs> the thing, the thing that I like about Jimmy Lake with recruiting. All right, I'll start with the positives. Is that I like kind of the honest, humble. I don't know what to call it. it Maybe old school even style of recruiting where you're not really getting out there, but you're I'd landing the guys. <laughs> um, I'll just stick with my definition. So pretty much, <laughs> you know, we, we, um, God, well, I, I got off track already. What was I saying? You were talking about uh, his humble, like approach. Yes. To recruiting okay. the positives. Yeah. Yeah. Before yeah. You got so I negatives. think I personally, 
like that approach. I'm kind of the same way. I like that type of style, you know, of a coach, you know, a little more old school, a little more down to earth. Here's the problem with that. The problem with that is that with recruiting in today's college football world, it does not work. And I do like it, but it just doesn't work. And it has to change one way or another. You got to get new people on the staff, whether that be in coaching, whether that be in marketing, both or just some kind of changes to where, you know, we start getting out there more because UW actually has quite a bit to offer. I think people don't realize that with recruiting is that there is a lot of things you can you can sell. You can sell development, which granted is kind of the only thing we do when we recruit. But you could sell it even more. And guess you what? Sell you, could sell, you could sell Seattle, the greatest setting in college football. I mean, there's so many things to offer going to UW, one of the best public universities in the country and in the world. Like, I mean, you there's a lot of things you can go off of, not just even based in athletics. And they refuse to go out of their way to get uncomfortable to market these things. And that is what really bothers me. I don't think Lake is doing anything inherently wrong. And I don't think his philosophy is necessarily bad. It just has it. It's outdated. He hasn't recognized that with college football today, that's something you just can't do. You know who he recruits like? Hmm. Chip Kelly. You think so? When I didn't Chip follow Kelly, Chip Kelly's when Chip recruiting. Chip Kelly was at Oregon. We didn't deeply. offer that many people, and he didn't like recruiting, so he was just quiet about it. And you know, he landed who he landed, and he got sleepers a lot of the time. And Man. he, a lot of the guys, a lot of the high-profile guys, stayed committed to Chip Kelly because of the success. If Lake sees that success, they might have a good class after. So, what would this be? Mm-hmm. Probably the 2023 class that would end up being good. Yeah, because most of the 2022 class would be set already. Yeah. But is it too late at that point? You're going to have two or is it three mediocre to bad classes? Well, it depends too, because the uh, I think 2021 was his first one. Yeah. And 2022 is going to be a bad class. It's going to, I mean, as, as far pretty, as standards for previous years. Yes. I mean, they're still going to land for top. where you guys want to be. Yes, it's going to be exa- a bad yes, class. Yes. Yeah. So, in that context. Yes. Is it too late now? Two recruiting classes of bad classes means you're going to mm-hmm. have some really bad teams at one point. Mm-hmm. Maybe even if it's only for a year, maybe two years, you're going to have a really bad team. Is Lake going to be good enough with that one good recruiting class in 2023 to make up for that? Here's the thing. I saw a statistic yesterday, something I never even really looked into. The current roster. The current roster has about 70 technical freshmen right now. Technical meaning like 75 technical freshmen. Yeah. Second year freshmen. Yeah. So you're talking about second and third year guys. I think as of half of them are the bad class, though. Yeah. Half of them are that, you know, lower than standard class. I'm not going to be that negative. You can do that. You're the duck fan. here. <laughs> um, but the other half of that are still guys in those other classes that are going to be able to contribute and develop. Also, we have to take into account that, you know, how many of those guys are going to go into the NFL before, you know, their four years are up. If you're a third year freshman, you're not going to stay for seven years. Like that's just not going to happen. How, what you is Otten still technically a freshman? Because he's gone. Yeah, I don't think he's technically a freshman. But yeah, uh, you have think... a few guys who are gone after this year. Like, just like we yeah. have Kayvon who could stay. He's gone. K- like Kayvon's yeah. gone. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, do do you think personally, all blinders off? Do you think that you guys have enough to get over this recruiting hump? Not not whether you think Jimmy Lake's a good coach. Do you think yeah. you have enough? Like, no matter how good of a coach you are, without talent, yep. you're not going to win enough games. 
do you think you have enough to win enough games to get back up to where you were? Or do you think this 2022 class sees a change in fast? I personally think we can. I think we can get over the hump, but things have to change by next cycle. The hump being? The hump being the past two recruiting classes oh, okay. and us still being I thought, competitive. I thought you meant a national championship. because that's what Oh, was, whoa. Was, that's why I said. Whoa, whoa. I was referring to the hump you were just talking about. That's why I was like, the hump being what exactly? But hey, if we're going to make a national championship run, this is going to be the year to do it looking at the roster. I will also just put that out there to be This fair. is your best chance for the next five years, I think. Yeah, I, I could I could agree with you on that. But I still think we'll be good. I think we'll still be competitive. I think we will still be at the top of the North. And I think that with 2021 and 2022 going the way that they did, I think that they will still be okay. If 2023 is bad, Panic then mode. we then it is panic mode the living room's on fire like <laughs> i just woke up and the house is burning down is you like know what i mean getting a little warm at that point yes 100 percent. i think even after the 2022 cycle is going on its current trajectory it's slightly he warm. is he, it is it is heating up not like a lot it's but it's warm you know it's, it's lukewarm it's, it's anymore he's been He's been sitting on it for a bit, you know, his butt's kind of heating it up a bit, you know, like that maybe the AC turned off, maybe the AC's broken, you know, like it's starting to, it's starting to get a little sweaty, get oh, a little sweaty. Okay. Hot, a little take sweaty. From, hot take from FQ Washington is this, he's getting a little, you know, mildly little, warm. little sweaty, little sweaty. Right. <laughs> and I think you still have enough in lakes. Uh, the Jimmy Lake is Jesus boat right now where, you know, and again, the Husky fan base right now is either you hate Jimmy Lake or you love Jimmy Lake. Even then, you have guys like Wilbur who don't hate Jimmy Lake. He just knows that there's an issue. Yes, for sure. In re recruiting especially, you have guys in the recruiting boats. You have like... Acropolis, Wilbur. Uh, yeah. The guys who know there's a problem. They don't think Jimmy Lake is bad per se. Yeah. But they know but there's a problem. They They're recognize there's it. something going on. And then there's the other camp who thinks there is nothing wrong. Development is the only thing that matters granted and it does it does matter to an extent right we're gonna have one of it those guys on here soon <laughs> shout out hood husky we love, love you, you big dog <laughs> love you big dog um <laughs> but i mean yeah it's just there's very few kind of in the middle right now you know and i tr i try to say i'm in the middle i've kind of swung multiple directions just in the time i've been doing what i've been doing because i've finally been able to I've been in Husky Twitter long enough to where I've seen both sides and it's just kind of like, holy cow. You just like, troll sometimes though. You're just like, yeah, everything's fine on the timeline. And then you'll be DMing and be like, oh shit. <laughs> yeah, I do troll. I do troll. So, Honestly, I just need to post my takes more for more engagements. I need to turn into really, the Washington U. It really gets engagements. Like everyone <laughs> says, oh, you keep posting these hot takes. You're not going to make it anywhere in the sports media world. Well, like I've had Josh paid on my show. What are you doing? <laughs> so, <laughs> like, it, it's worked out to an extent, right? It's going pretty decent. I get like a few million engagements every month. You know, I'm, I'm doing all right. Yeah, for sure. So I mean, that's that's all I have to say about that, really. Unless there's anything else you want to ask I actually me. do want to add something. So okay. you want to hear my opinion on on what is going the 2023 class is going to hinge on? Yes. Offering more kids. You're yeah. not going to offer 60 kids and land a top class. Mm -hmm. How many do you do you guys offer this year? What 100 and some? I I do not know off. You're, the top okay. Of my head. Well, either way, you're not going to offer the amount of kids y'all have been offering for the past 10 yeah. years and land a decent class. Yeah. If that's also something I didn't talk about, honestly. 
because they have been banking on this Chris Peterson philosophy of we're going to land who we're going to land, but they also haven't been offering enough kids to where there's like a cushion. You're not you know landing I mean? enough kids to not throw out these offers. Like, yeah, yeah, oh yeah, yeah. Our offer is more sacred. Well, guess what? They're not accepting them anyway. The 2021 class, I can't remember how many commits we had, but it was a small class. Like, mm-hmm. it was pretty small. And I don't think you planned on it being small. No, I don't think we did either. But, yeah. <laughs> yeah, so I think that's going to be huge. I don't. Th- I think if you guys aren't offering 200-plus mm-hmm. kids in 2023, it's not going to be a good class again. Like, I mean, yeah, it'll... You- We've seen you're not going to keep all of the top talent in the state of Washington. I think we could say at this point you're not keeping it all. You maybe keep a couple of them. You're not keep. You'll keep. About we half. usually we usually keep uh, about or more than half. Exactly. At least even from the past few classes. And if we're being completely honest, you're going to land third fiddle out of California after Oregon and USC. Yeah. And may, they also Alabama's going to steal a guy. Clemson's going to steal a guy. You know what I mean? They they always do. You know, yeah, exactly. Ohio State probably in that mix too. So like, you guys need to throw out some offers and get guys mm-hmm. who you know, you everyone thinks is going to go to one school, and then like that school lands another guy at that position, so he's not a take anymore. You steal him last minute. That's what we were doing the first year of Taggart. It was mm-hmm. guys who were high profile commits who were in battles with other schools. The other schools land somebody they view as better, or they didn't want to wait for the other kid. We took that kid. And mm-hmm. that's what you're going to have to do if you don't want another abysmal class. you got to offer kids. You can't just throw out 110 offers and feel like you're going to land a top 25 class. Because, like, at this rate, a top 25 class would be improvement. It would. I mean, it, at least from the past two years. I mean, obviously, this cycle isn't over. Things can change. But, I mean, we it's need some pretty drastic changes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we would need to, a lot of things to go our way if you we wanted that Troy to happen. Franklin to flip. Yeah, <laughs> I don't know if that's happening. So yeah, exactly, Franklin's <laughs> already on yeah. campus. But like, <laughs> like we said though, I mean that just goes back to the same statement of something's got to change Will at it? some point soon. I think. All wishful um, thinking aside, um, is it gonna change? Oh, is the philosophy okay. gonna change? If I'm putting the wishful thinking aside. Yes. Do you think they will change? I know you want them to, and I think Jimmy Lake wants them to. Will will the administration allow it? I don't think in time. So you think, I think they will make changes, but I do not think they will make them in time. They I, were taking the sorry, go, go for ahead. it. You got it. Okay. I was saying the administration took the right steps. They hired a new marketing person and promoted somebody else. He's really good too. Internally. Yeah, he's really good. I forget his name, but I know he uh did good stuff wherever he was from it was so long ago i forget mm-hmm. and i looked into it though and he's really good hire from what it looks like right but i think it's gonna be too little too late i've told you many a times even in the in private that i think jimmy likes a really good coach yeah but i think he's gonna get fired not because he's a bad coach but because the administration kind of held him back in a sense and by the yeah. time they loosen the reins a little bit his seat's going to start getting hot from the fans. I think it'll get hot yeah. from the fans way before the administration fires him. That's true. Because yeah. your administration doesn't care about sports. They think they're Stanford when they don't have the 200 years of being Stanford. Yeah. So like, I mean, as much as I think Jimmy likes a good coach, I would love, I would love to have him as a, a D coordinator at Oregon or if Mario left, shoot. Uh, I, we've talked about us. it. Jimmy Lake is a great X's to nose guy. I love him as I a think, football coach. I don't think he would be a bad recruiter, but I just don't think like, do you think it's Jimmy Lake saying, I don't want to offer all these kids or is it the administration saying, Oh, Hey, only offer so many kids. See that. I can't tell. I wish I had an answer for that. I really don't know. Cause I think it over and I think, if it well, it's out, probably the administration holding it back, but then it's like, well, then maybe Jimmy Lake's not fighting for it, and then I don't know. If it came out that Jimmy Lake didn't want to offer more kids, then 
it's on you lake like it's it, it, yeah that's, your, that's on you dog like there's nothing sure. I, can, I can't defend you anymore like if you're not gonna throw offers like that you if that's your philosophy you can't be a head coach in the modern college football you just can't like it's not gonna work you could be a, if you're an and O's guy and you don't want to recruit you don't want to throw out a bunch of offers you don't want to uh, pander to these kids then you got to be a coordinator sorry like you you got to be yeah. a coordinator and hire good staff unless yep unless you're clay helton which he's starting to do better at it. He's hiring better recruiting staff around him, and he just hands mm-hmm. them that. Like he says, you guys got that. Dante Williams, go recruit Corey Foreman. Like, go get him. I'm not handling mm-hmm. that. You handle it. So, like, I don't know. I, I hope <laughs> yeah. Blake succeeds. I think he's a great person. I talked to him in a Pac-12 media yeah. conference that I was invited to. Seems like a really great dude. Nice. But uh, yeah. I just I just don't think it's going to – the changes are going to be made in time for him to save his job. I personally don't either, but like we said, that's without wishful thinking. I think that, you know, like there is, there is still a good chance that things could change in the right direction. It's about 60, 40 that it's not going to change. I think I can't, I can't throw numbers out there, but it's pretty close to half and half. I'd say. Yeah. I just lean a little bit on the side of your administration is dumb. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) So I'm just leaning on the side that your admin is dumb and I, I don't think Lake's a bad coach. I don't think, I don't think yeah, any no, of that. Lake but not a bad coach. It's just going to be too little, too late. Yep. And are you back Pretty into much. that 2008 to what 2000 or 2000 to 2012 oh, pit after I, that? If we even if we hit a slump, I don't think we hit a slump that hard. Honestly, I don't think. Well, if, we I'm do. saying if it comes to having to fire Lake, what like what happens? What coach is going to be like? Yeah, I want to go there where the administration is going to hinder me and chain me and not let me do what I want to do. I don't know. <laughs> Jonathan Smith? I, I, I don't I don't think about it because I don't want it to get to that <laughs> point. So if I don't think about it, it won't happen. Lake is your best you know option. I mean? Lake is your best option. But they got to yeah. loosen the reins a little bit. Yeah, for sure. And I just I hope we do get some context to what's going on at some point. Because right now it's just question marks of who is at fault. <laughs> Even if it's after the fact. Like say this all goes down. Like gets yeah, fired or something. does it? Something's got to come out eventually, so we know what is going on. Like, is it Cohen's <laughs> fault? Is it Lake's fault? Like, whose fault? Otherwise, we're just going to be pointing fingers. It's at just going to be a, who, a torn uh, fan yeah. base the entire time. Yeah, we're already getting to that point. So, <laughs> so now we're going to dive into another topic. This one's more organ related. So, last time we recorded a podcast, it seemed pretty clear that Anthony Brown was going to be the Week One starter for Oregon heading into the Fresno State game. But as of right now, uh, I don't know if you've heard much. You've been at camp as well. It yeah. doesn't seem so certain. Like, if you go to the 247 Sports podcast with Matt Prame mm-hmm. and Eric Scopel, they're thinking Ty Thompson might win the job. Mm. And if you looked at the scrimmage, Ty Thompson, Mario Cristobal said Ty Thompson played the best. Anthony Brown mm. didn't look great. Ty Thompson played the best. And Ty Thompson's been balling in camp. Like I told you, a summer makes a big difference. It can. It Once really you can. start at that camp in the spring, you get that summer gap to that fall. That mm-hmm. is when the biggest of differences are made. And yeah. I, for one, am hoping it's Ty Thompson starting week one because I feel like he gives us the best chance to beat an Ohio State. Mm-hmm. But what exactly like mm-hmm. separates him from Brown, though? Like from a skill set perspective? Uh, he has a better arm, more accurate arm. His legs are like, he's, he can run. He's more talented. Like it's, it's no secret that he's more talented. Ty Thompson was a five-star. Anthony Brown was a three-star. Like it's not, it's not, it's not no like hidden secret. It's just Anthony Brown does have that experience and those reps behind him. And that's the main argument for Anthony Brown. Development matters. 
Yeah, but you can only develop so much <laughs> yeah, when you're, I, I know, when you're I a certain just, level of talent. I'm, just, right, I'm just saying a typical, typical douche uh, <laughs> uh, reply there. So. Yeah, I know. But uh, so, I mean, Duke. I think it's I'm Duke. hoping it's Ty Thompson. Whatever. I thought Robbie Ashford was the next best shot outside of Anthony Brown to take that job. But with mm. with Ashford picking back up baseball, it seems like I don't know what happened. He's been banged up all, also during this whole fall camp. So it'll be interesting to see what it comes down to. If it's Ty Thompson or is it Anthony Brown and how that affects mm. these first two games and the play calling with Joe Moorhead. Because mm. Joe Moorhead's the offense we ran last year was not a Joe Moorhead offense. Like this, that's not what Joe Moorhead runs. That was that seemed like more of Arroyo's offense with a little bit of Joe Moorhead mixed in because we didn't have a long enough offseason to actually run plays and get stuff yeah, going. That's fair. And uh, I think Ty Thompson fits that off like a, a, a Moorhead offense a lot better than a Anthony Brown does. Mm-hmm. Ty Thompson can push the ball. So this is the main difference and benefit with starting Ty Thompson over over Anthony Brown is that Ty Thompson can push the ball deep and inside the numbers. So okay. Anthony Brown can push the ball deep but it's going to be close to out of bounds. The receiver probably ends up out of bounds when he catches the ball. And it's that's about all he can do when it comes to deep balls. He's really accurate intermediate. He's really accurate short. And it's just pushing the deep ball. And can you beat an Ohio State without a good deep ball? I'm not mm. sure. I don't know. Ohio State also has a new quarterback. But, I mean, <laughs> I'm pretty confident the quarterback's going to be pretty good. Like, it, yeah. It, it's Ohio, Ohio State. State's always got like two or three really good quarterbacks at any given moment. So, and we normally have a good quarterback every year, but last year, this year, it's questionable. Because yeah. it's had... interesting to point out that the I is weak point appropriate. Would you agree with me if I said it's the weak point of at least the offense? I, I kind of disagree, but you know, Oregon fans are going to hate what I think is the weak point of the offense. Yeah, true. I would say. I mean, I'd say weaker weak. You think so? CJ Verdell can't stay healthy. Travis Dye can't hook all of the ball without fumbling. Sean Dollars is injured, and then the rest are freshmen. That's actually an interesting take. I would definitely argue with that backfield that the quarterback is kind of the biggest question mark. I like the talent we have, but Travis Dye doesn't want to put on gloves. CJ Verdell (laughs) just gets hurt, and Sean Dollars is out for an undefined amount of time. He seems to be practicing now. Maybe he'll be back sooner than we expected. If Sean Dollars Mm -hmm. is healthy... It's clearly quarterback, but Sean Dollars not being healthy. CJ Verdell last year, his whole ghost injury thing, and Travis Dye put on some gloves. <laughs> <laughs> so, I mean, I, it's quarterback and running back. His tight end looks really good. Offensive line is never going to be bad again as long as Mario Cristobal is the <laughs> I was, coach. I was going to say that old line's going to be dialed up for a long time. Yeah. So. Wide receiver. <laughs> I have never seen this much wide receiver talent at Oregon ever. Man. So, like, it's, it's running back and quarterback right now, which. If you think of Oregon, ever since I've started odd. watching football, we've had what what are the quarterbacks? Was it Darren Thomas, Jeremiah Masoli, Dennis Dixon, uh Marcus Mariota, Justin Herbert. Herbert. Like we, we we've had Vernon yeah. Adams, we've had quarterbacks. And then we've had yeah. LaMichael James, Kenyon Barner, Byron Marshall, Royce Freeman, uh, De'Anthony Jonathan Thomas. Sword, DeAnthony Thomas. Like why does Oregon doesn't have a running back and a quarterback? Like, what is going on? Oregon doesn't have a running back and a quarterback. I just find it interesting. I wonder, like, I don't know. I just feel like that offense is going to be weird to watch without those two factors being kind of the main carrying. That's why that I want Ty Thompson. <laughs> and I was hoping for Sean Dolly's health, but, you know, stuff happens. Hopefully he's yeah. back sooner than later. 
man. You see ZTF, like he tweeted something the other day. It sounds like he's going to be back sooner than he expected. See, I'm kind of nervous because everybody seems to be coming back earlier than they think they were going to. And yep. I don't know if like, is, is people going to get re-injured? Like, I will tell you right now, as ZTF somebody who is currently rehabbing is an ACL. Back, like, in my opinion, uh, maybe he's healthy. He's going to be back way too fast. I've torn my ACL. <laughs> I'll like, tell yeah, as somebody what? who's currently rehabbing a torn ACL, like I am totally taking my time with it. I have another teammate who's torn his ACL for the third time now because he rushed it. Like he That's came back in four months to activity. And like, obviously, if you could stay healthy and push that timeline, like good for you. But yeah, your exactly. re-injury rate, if you make it's... a full recovery on the full timeline, is still 20 to 30%. That is what my surgeon told me. Obviously, every injury is different. Mm-hmm. ZTF had an Achilles Everybody injury. Different. So that could... Achilles yeah, everybody's is worse than ACL too. Is it? I didn't historically, know. Historically, Achilles have ended careers. Yeah, well, I, I mean, ACLs, ACLs have, too. but it's not like one, like one Achilles tear has ended careers. Yeah, okay. It takes multiple yeah. ACL tears to end a career. Like Kobe Bryant yeah. was Kobe Bryant ever the same after he tore his Achilles? Mm. And he's. It's mm. a good point. How many athletes are better than Kobe Bryant in the history of athletes? Not a whole lot. And one Achilles tear changed him forever. Yeah. I'm just, and I mean, I'm just saying, like, to go back to the point, like, obviously, you push that timeline, like, you're already looking at a re-injury rate with a full recovery of 30% plus, and that that might be wrong, but that is what my surgeon told me about my ACL, so I assume with injuries that are worse, it's higher, right, mm -hmm. and, like, if you push that timeline, you're getting into 50, you're getting into being more likely to re-injure it than not, and that is, that is a scary thing. And, now, obviously... ZTF is a great player, and mm-hmm. would it help Oregon if he wasn't playing? Yes, but this is not why I'm saying that. I'm saying, no, like, yeah, dude, you are lined up to get a payday, whether it's first round or second round. If he gets, if he stays hurt and it takes him a little longer to get back, it's probably second, maybe third round. But he's yeah. a first round talent, and people said that about uh, uh, Tryon too, and he squeaked into the first round. Mm-hmm. I think exactly. he'd still be a first rounder either way. So, so don't risk that just to get back early and be like, oh, I need to add Phil for my draft stock. Like, yeah, dude. If you take the Anthony Thomas or Ifo Ekpreolamu, for example, they come mm-hmm. back, get hurt, go from first, maybe second round picks. Ifo was a lock for a first round pick. Like everyone thought Ifo was a yeah. first round pick. He was the best corner in the country. And comes back, gets hurt, seventh round pick. The Anthony Thomas come yeah. back, gets hurt, sixth round pick. Yeah. Don't risk it to try and improve your draft stock when you don't have to. Come back at 100%. Wait till you're healthy. And especially being at UW, NFL teams will draft UW guys. Mm-hmm. Like they already know. Like the Dolphins are on that train. The Bucks are on that train. The Cardinals. The Lions are hopping on that train. The Cardinals are definitely on that train. Like you have a lot of NFL teams that trust the development that goes in to the Washington Huskies football program. Like your draft stock, even if it drops, will not drop that far. So. Yeah. And it, it, like ZTF, I hope you recover, but man. Yeah. I personally feel like you're coming back a little early and it scares me as somebody who played football for a while that it scares me, man. It, it just scares just, me. Just be careful. If you somehow hear this, please just be careful and be yeah. safe. We need you. No, no. <laughs> I'd I don't love know. to have you on the defense. I don't know if some, someone's going to try and take this as me saying something negative. Nothing yeah. negative is intended towards ZTF about this. Like ZTF no, can yeah. play football. I played on the defensive ZTF can play football, but just be safe. My man, get your bag, <laughs> get your bag. <laughs> Don't try and come back early. You're going to get mm-hmm. paid, bro. Like, don't trip. Yeah. 
So, <sighs> with all that said, I mean, do we have anything else to really talk about? I know, what, what what's happened? Oregon landed Tataria McMillan. Oh, did you guys think you were really involved in that? Or was that, no, that was uh, Jaleel Florence that y'all thought you were going to It was Jaleel land. Florence. He was in the final three. And then apparently but right before he committed, people were saying that he kind of dropped off. So, yeah. people found out early that he was going to Oregon. I, I never really thought Washington was. I thought both of the Jaleels were ducks for, for about two, three I didn't now. follow his recruitment that close to be honest exactly. i found out that he was in the i know that he's a good player i just yeah. haven't followed real closely his recruitment he so. translates as a corner at this level but he yeah. would be a high four-star wide receiver too hmm. okay like he he plays both sides of the ball really well he's a better corner slightly uh mm-hmm. but he can he can play ball he's a good player both of the yeah. Julios are yeah and For sure I was just excited for the rest of this recruiting class man I'm, i know cyrus moss i think everyone agrees he's pretty much organ lock at this point can we also talk about like, isn't it like ten or eleven days until the football season starts? Eleven days for Oregon. Yeah, we are close. Four like, we days are really, for week zero. Yeah, we are very, very close, and I am so excited for that. I'm like, so hyped, even though it's Fresno cow, State dude. Week One, but you know, uh, Montana. <laughs> what are you? Fresno do? State should be a good game for the first quarter. Fresno State's can be surprisingly competitive. I wouldn't be surprised if going into halftime, that's a close game. Uh, yeah, but I'm not. Uh, shout out to Hood Husky once more. I don't think Fresno State has a chance to win that game, but they can keep it competitive for a half. They will definitely. They have a shot to keep the game close. Them winning would be a huge upset still, but. Apparently, it's know. not that out of the realm of possibility. I'm like, I mean, I, I, anything is possible, but no. Yeah. I mean, looking at their schedule, I would argue that Fresno State would probably be up there, at least in competitive terms. Well, our schedule? Besides, I mean, obviously, Ohio State. and Ohio like, State, UCLA, Washington. Uh, I think Oregon State's better than Fresno State. Really? You think so? Yes. But I'm also higher on Oregon State than most I was going to say, you are, you are high on Oregon State in the first place. So UCLA, we argue. both agree, are better than Fresno State. Yeah. So then, At least yeah, on I'm, paper. We have, we have to see them play still. Yeah, we have to see them play. I mean, they I think even be. last year UCLA was better than Fresno State too, though. UCLA LSU, by the way, that game's going to be fun. That, I'm excited to watch that football game. People are sleeping on UCLA. <laughs> I keep saying I got UCLA winning that game, yeah. but everyone's like, "No, no chance." LSU by 28. Like, all right, we gonna see. It'll be fun. I'm I'm interested, man. That's going to be a fun game to watch. So, week one score prediction: Washington, Montana. That's going to be like a 40, 50 something to like seven game. Like it's not even going to be remotely close at any point. Yeah. A few years I ago, mean, if they beat play, them 76 to three. Yeah. If they like and 50 something to seven is like generous. Like they've literally played Eastern Washington, who has been one of the best FCS programs in like recent history. And Adams. They they beat them like what? 50 something to seven also. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, I don't know especially with the way the offense is looking. Oh, also meant to mention that uh, the last time that the Husky offense was competitive with defense during fall camp and practice was 2016. So just keep your eyes out for uh, 2015 going into 2016. So keep your eyes out for that. The offense is looking kind of good. The last time Oregon had good wide receivers was 2001 when we lost one game. Hmm. <laughs> Just, uh, dude, all these stories adding up, Hus- or, uh, Oregon I, versus Washington is going to be so fun. This it's going to be so fun. I, oh, most, my God. Both teams are one loss at most. <laughs> I am I have so excited, bro. 
that week teams is are be one so loss fun. at most. And at if most, you lose yes. a game, it's gonna be because maybe I don't know. What's your best chance of losing a game? Is it Dylan Morris having a slump game? Because we know I would he's say not, so. The, he's not the most talented quarterback in the conference. We all know this. It's I, not a slight, but I think just because because of how steady the defense is and people know what they're getting into with the defense and they're consistent. I would say that the offense functioning is pivotal. So yeah, I would say Dylan Morris. Running back could games. be an issue. Uh I think they have enough guys back there. Yeah, I think they'll be okay. But I'm saying if they're if they drop back in coverage, it's like, all right, you gotta run to beat us. And they have a decent D line, like a Utah type team. Yeah. It could be it could that could, that's the only matchup I could see. Do you have any matchups like that against any good D lines before Oregon though? I don't know. You play a pretty weak schedule. Yeah, although we do play, don't we play? We play Stanford and UCLA before Oregon, don't we? Ooh, okay. UCLA has some good defensive so, linemen. Michigan also so me, has some solid so defensive linemen. Me saying, me saying, uh, one loss at the least going into that game is actually against what I had for the season prediction. So yeah, well, who did you have as your guys' loss? Stanford and UCLA. I had two. I gave the Huskies two. You gave the Huskies two. I did. Remember when we did that episode of conference? You have you have y'all losing to Stanford than beating us. So you that's shameful. I don't think that's shameful. I think that's realistic. I think Stanford is <laughs> I would I I am more scared for Stanford at, at the moment. At the moment. I'm more scared of Stanford than Oregon. I gotta be honest. Huh? Yep. Be, I'll say I mean, it. I know they beat you after practicing in a public park and all. But that's why I'm scared <laughs> of them. <laughs> I, I don't know what you're on, man. Stanford is not I, intimidating. I'm just, just saying, man. I'm just saying. But also, it's either them or Cal every year. Every single year, it's either them now, or Garbers, Cal. Garbers is still a Cal, right? I don't know. I think he is. He probably is. If he plays I, to the best of his ability, Cal could always be a sleeper team. Like they, Garbers they is good are. enough. But yeah. they lost to Reuter. So True. does that make a big enough difference for anything? I think so. I don't have Cal being very – they're very mediocre this year, in my opinion. Wilcox is their coach, I... right? Yes. Yeah, 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 because he used to be a... – a lot of Oregon coaches all over the place nowadays, man. Yeah. None of them at Oregon, True. but, you know, they're all over the place. <laughs> <laughs> but, hey, there are other places, so. Yeah, like Scott Frost at Nebraska, <laughs> Taggart at FAU, oh, Wilcox at Cal. Uh, shoot, there's a bunch of guys all over the place. Mm-hmm. Helford will probably get a, a G5 job here soon. Arroyo UNLV. True. So, yeah, we're all over the place. Do you, are there any Husky coaches, head coaches anywhere? or like? Uh, you have quite at uh, Texas, obviously. He's a defensive coordinator, though. Well, but he was still, like, one of the best in the country. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's the best coordinator. He's not, he's not an HC. Yeah, no. Yeah, I'm talking about I guys mean, who are head coaches now. Oh, I don't know if any. Quick, not Kwiatkowski could have been a head coach if you wanted. Yeah, to. I was gonna say he could have. He was of that caliber. And, sure. and I bet you, if he gave Washington the ultimatum, make me head coach, I'm gone. They would have given it to him before Lake yeah. got hired. Before Lake got hired, obviously. Yes, yeah, hundred percent. If he gave them that ultimatum, they would have gave it to him. I I don't have a reason to not believe that. So I, yeah, but I do think like as much as he may have loved Washington, I think he was waiting for a Texas type program to you know be like, hey, what up? Oh, for sure. Yeah. I mean, every you never settle at whatever job you're at. Not that you're always looking, but, you know, you're always ready for that. Clipping that. What's called UW settling. 
<laughs> not what I meant. Out of context. Not what I meant. Not what I meant. <laughs> All right, guys. I do want to thank y'all for tuning into the Ducks and Dogs podcast. This has been Matt and Mike. Hopefully, we can get some more consistent scheduling and episodes coming out. Uh, watch yeah. out for if Matt gets busy again. I'm going to do an episode with probably Hood Husky. Drop in the comments or tweet at me or Matt on Twitter who you guys think we should bring on the podcast next. Matt, do you have any closing remarks other than UW sucking? It is Dugan time, my guy. It is Dugan time, so recruiting's is going Dugan great. Dugan time. It is Dugan time, my guy. So recruiting going great. Oh, it's amazing. <laughs> it's Never amazing. been better. All these three stars should be five stars. Never been better. <laughs> Never been better. Not even when we were cheating in 1990-whatever. Never been better. <laughs> All right, man. All right, guys. We are going to leave you at that. I want to thank you guys for tuning into the Ducks and Dogs podcast once again. And thanks for all the support you've been giving. We have like nine or ten videos at over 100 views now. We're doing great. Uh, we appreciate the support. And see you guys in the next video.